Hello, movie addicts. Welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. That name belongs to this voice right here. <laughs> well, you know, Frank, you, you made it more than one episode. I did. How about that? <laughs> wow. I didn't even think I made it through the first half of the episode. Here we are. We're on a roll. We are right now. Two, yeah. Two full episodes in a row that we've done together. This is uh, really exciting stuff. Very few people would get cocky after just two episodes, but we, we can pull it off. This is episode number three of Cinema Fix. So if you're new to the show, basically all you need to know is that this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on uh, in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We're here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And each week we, uh, we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to now, is a ten-minute long spoiler-free review of whatever film we're discussing that week. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it, whether or not it's worth your time, the second part is a more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and would appreciate a more in-depth conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely go listen to part two. Or, you know what, just listen in even if you don't mind spoilers. If you're just a spoiler nut, you don't care. You want to know what's really going on in the film, go ahead and listen to part two. Because part one is just our overall general impressions. Now, this week, the film we're going to be discussing is Moneyball. Frank, you saw Moneyball at the Toronto International Film Festival a few weeks ago, so you've had a few weeks to process it. So um, why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about the movie, you know, who directed it, who's in it, what it's about, etc. Sure. The movie was directed by Bennett Miller. It stars Brad Pitt as Billy Bean. He's the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, the Major League Baseball team, who have had most of their best players cannibalized by uh, teams with a slightly higher bankroll like the New York Yankees. Being teams with Peter Brandt, played by Jonah Hill, who was an economics major and in his first job ever. And basically they come up with a mathematical system for determining which undervalued players, they use the line, an island of misfit toys, which I love, uh, can come together to form a winning team on a tight budget. Um, it's basically the story of this radical new strategy against the ingrained tradition of baseball and the conflict that arises therein. All right, here's a clip. Peter Brand. Really? How are you? Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> nice to see you. Good to have you here. Well, you move in fast. Yeah, yeah, I got here early this morning. Wow. Huh. All moved in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Billy. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. I asked you to do three. Yeah. To evaluate three players? Yeah. How many did you do? 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then. All right, well, that's a clip from Moneyball. This is part one of our episode on the film, so we're just going to take around 10 minutes to give some general thoughts on the movie. So I'm going to start the clock now, and uh, and, and, and let's let's talk about this movie, sure. Frank. Um, what were your general thoughts? Did you like it? Do you think people should go check it out this weekend? Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I definitely think people should check it out. In all honesty, I myself am looking to go see it a second time. Um, you know, I just had a conversation on the phone with my dad yesterday. He really wants to take, he really wants to see it. And so, you know, I might even get in the car and drive the four hours back home to Pennsylvania when I have the time to try and go see it with him. Um, I, I just loved it. I thought it was a great movie. How about you, Andrew? 
I, I, I just saw it uh, yesterday, and I've been taking the past 20 hours or so to think about it and process it, and I've concluded that I'm not really quite as into it as you are, Frank. I, That's fair. I, um, it, it didn't really connect with me. I, there, there are some major issues, I think, with the film, and I, I've been trying to figure out what those issues are and why I didn't respond to it very much. I want to go ahead and say some, some things I did like about the film, though, yeah. first. Um, Butter me up. I, I, I thought Brad Pitt was great, as usual. It's Brad Pitt. We're used to seeing Brad Pitt give a good performance. I thought he was fine. He didn't have a whole lot to do other than sit around on some furniture and eat some food and talk with Jonah Hill. But, you know, he does, he does that well. Um, Jonah Hill, I thought, was, was really excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're used to seeing him in more mainstream, often raunchy comedies, like Superbad and things like that. Um, and, and here he is just playing this normal, uh, dramatic role. And I gotta say, I think he pulled it off really well. There was some, some nice um, nuance to his performance at times. And he and Pitt have some really great chemistry together that I think does provide um, – I think, I think the most compelling scenes in the film are the scenes with just the two of them, talking, developing their relationship. They have some really good uh, banter back and forth. The, I mean the, 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 the script was written by Steve Zalian and Aaron Sorkin, so you know you're going to get some good dialogue uh-huh. often between those two characters. So I thought that was really great. I think my main problem – Frank is that I'm not a sports person at all. Okay. I can think of few things in life I'm as completely apathetic about as I am about sports. And I went into this film thinking, okay, well, it looks like it's focused more on the managerial aspect of things. It looks like it's focused more on how this mathematical formula changed the sport. Maybe it's not going to be a typical sports film. Unfortunately, I think it is. It goes through the same formula we've seen many times before about the underdog team, in this case run by an underdog manager that's struggling to bring itself together and how they will, uh, they'll rise up, they'll overcome, and they'll make it to some great big finale, and we all have to tune in to see whether or not they'll win because we're too lazy to look it up on Wikipedia. And... Unfortunately, I was not really um, drawn into that sports side of it. And so much of the film is about sports and about baseball and about how this approach called Moneyball really uh, changed up the sport. And I, 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 the film ended and I was just like, I don't know what to take away from this movie. I just don't. What was the point? At one point, Brad Pitt even says, what was the point? <laughs> And I kind of felt like, you know what? I agree. What was the point? So maybe you can enlighten me, Frank. Tell me, tell me some more things. Why should I like this movie? I'll do my best. I'm not really much of a sports guy either. I can sit through a game, but I, I am by no means a fanatic. I don't follow any of it. But, but I would disagree with what you said about it being just a typical sports movie. You know, when I think of a typical sports movie, I, I think of, you know, I'm going to go to the theater. And I'm going to get lectured on how there's no I in team. Oh, if I try my hardest, there are no winners and losers, which, as we all know, is complete bull. For me, it was more about this idea that it was more about this clash between intuition and hard science and the idea that was raised, especially around Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean. You know, how do you really know 
you know, what's going to succeed and what's not going to succeed? You know, is it in your gut? Do you feel it out through experience? It, can you look at a sheet of numbers and do the math and figure it out? And for me, I, I think that's applicable, you know, outside the field of baseball. I mean, even, I mean, you and I are movie fanatics and, you know, we look at the industry and see all these people trying to copy what they've seen work in the past, you know, trying to look at box office receipts, you know, trying to figure out what works. And nobody knows what works. Nobody knows what's going to connect and what's not. You know, you roll the dice and you see what happens. And what I liked about it was that it played very true to life where, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, you said nothing happens. But, but I think it was that first spark that sent, you know, kind of the revolution through where, where you know, the character wasn't changed. You know, I think his journey, well, I don't want to get something like, give anything away, but I think that it was more about, this idea of being able to let go in the end and just kind of, he left his mark. He didn't leave it, I think, as big and as immediate as he wanted to, but he he started off like that first shockwave and changed a system. Well, right, and I, I don't deny that the story of Billy Bean is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely, I think you could do some interesting things with that story. And I think there are times when the script touches on a lot of the interesting ideas that are brought up by this idea of Moneyball. As you mentioned, the idea of, uh, well, well, okay, how can we measure success? How can we predict success? How can, uh, you know, is it okay to draft a sports team based solely on statistics? At what point do we need a human factor? Are both equally fallible? Why... Is it so important that we break records? Why is it so important that we win a championship? Why does sports matter? That was the question I wanted to be answered. And and at times, the the film does try to touch on those and does try to provide us some insight. But unfortunately, I felt like most of the time it was so caught up in these uh, traditional formulaic things we've all seen before that it didn't really devote enough time to those themes and really flesh them out. Occasionally we'll get a, a, a scene or two where those will get brought up, but on the whole I was just left feeling empty, like I didn't really know what to take away. I felt like the screenwriters didn't have a philosophy, they didn't have an opinion they were trying to push, they didn't have a message, and I kind of wanted a message, even if it's a message I ultimately disagree with at the end of the day, I wanted to go into the film and have Aaron Sorkin tell me, okay, this is Billy Bean, this is what he did, this is why it mattered, mm-hmm. and this is what we can learn from it. And I ultimately came, came away feeling like I didn't learn much of anything beyond what I could, like I said, have gotten off Wikipedia. Right. You know, I felt, I, I felt like I did walk out of there with a the message, which is, you know, interesting, you know, and again, without going into spoilers, because for me, so much of the message was tied up in that final scene right there, which we can talk about later because it blew my socks off. But, you know, I, I did walk out of there thinking like, okay, there was a, there was a point to this. Like, there was, I mean, obviously, if you go into a sports movie, a character has to have a goal. And, you know, if he's in a sports movie, that goal is probably going to be to win. So it did, that didn't bother me as much. But, you know, I just thought it was from an angle that you don't often see uh, being the managerial angle in a sports movie. Um, you know, they did touch on some of the players, and I thought that the players that they did bring in were terrific characters. Um, I, I love Chris Pratt, by the way, who played the catcher-turned-first baseman. Um, you know, I, I love him in Parks and Recreation. I thought he was great in this movie, um, great casting there. Uh, you know, just so much of it worked worked for me. And, you know, you brought up 
the great dialogue. I think that's something that, um, you know, Sorkin's known for. And uh, for me, it, it made some of the drier scenes, the, the scenes that could have been very dry, a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting. You know, I just loved it. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for about 10 minutes, so we should wrap it up. Overall, it sounds like, Frank, you really, really uh, loved the film and would recommend that people check it out. I would. I think you should go. Okay. I, w- I would disagree and say maybe rent it, unless you're a sports fan. If you're a real sports person, sure, go to the theater, check it out. You'll probably really love it. If you're like me and you're not really into sports, you're not really sure you're in the mood, uh, maybe wait for it to come out on DVD and, and, and rent it. Frank, you and I are going to talk more about the film in part two of our discussion. I look forward to it. I think that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Moneyball. So be sure to tune in to part two. And don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing the film 5050. Frank, this is a, uh, it's been described by some as a quote-unquote cancer comedy. Tough to do. (laughs) Yes, and it it was playing at uh, the Toronto International Film Festival uh, when we were there as well. Unfortunately, I don't think you or I got a chance to see it there. No, unfortunately. But uh, do you want to go ahead and and describe that film and, and what our listeners can expect next week? Okay. Well, 50-50 is Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a young man who's mid-20s who's diagnosed with cancer. And Seth Rogen, from everything I've seen, appears to be his friend. And it's basically a reaction to his situation and the lows and the highs of it. Yes. And yet we're supposed to be laughing because this guy got cancer. So that should be interesting. I think it's going to be tough for me to sit through that movie and not hate myself for laughing. So... Well, yeah, that, that should that should be interesting. So be sure to tune in next week when we will be discussing Fifty Fifty. That'll wrap it up for this episode of Cinema Fix. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes now. And I need to point out that um, all of the shows on Film Geek Radio are now available on iTunes. Uh, so you've got Cinema Fix, Let's Get Real, and our new show that just launched last week, uh, The Thin Place, which you should check out. That's also on iTunes. If, if you liked this episode, please hop on iTunes and write us a review. That would really help get the word out about the show. You can also donate to the network through the website. We really appreciate it. You have no idea. Uh, we really do rely on your support to survive and keep putting out this content. We do have costs that we need to be able to, to, to pay every month, and we really appreciate your help. We, we would like Film Geek Radio to be as listener-funded as possible. Now, Frank, where can people find you online? That's an excellent question. Now, last week we concluded that you didn't exist. I don't exist. I, I still don't exist for the most part. You can find me on Facebook, but unless I know you, I'm probably not going to accept the friend, friend request. Now, I did get a few messages in my Twitter feed this past week from someone that appeared to be you. Was that, in fact, you? And can our listeners find you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, you can. He did get some messages from me on Twitter for a class assignment. <laughs> uh, and I think you were, like, live-tweeting community or something Yeah, like and then that. I stopped because I couldn't figure out a way to do it without ruining it for people because there's only so much you can say not having actually watched the episode in its entirety because it's impossible to do, like, a proper... Uh, just based on the scene by scene and stuff right. to do a fair critical <laughs> analysis. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm FJReady, R E A D Y. Okay, well, I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolishamaffect.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. I do exist 
on the internet. And he I, does. He has I, a huge footprint. Yes, I, I, I tend to tweet fairly regularly. So if you do follow me on Twitter, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. As always, a huge thanks to Greg Harbin for editing the show. If you're a Star Trek junkie, you can find him online by listening to the Ready Room podcast over at trek.fm. We love you, Greg. Keep doing what you do. I'm Andrew Johnson. And I am Frank Reddy. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!